Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for this morning from Genesis chapter 11 is a people migrated from the east. They found a plain in the land of Shinar and they settled there. And God said, come, let us go down there and confuse their language so that they may not understand one another's speech. Dear friends of Christ, today is the birthday of the church. It's Pentecost. And our Old Testament lesson is the antithesis of Pentecost. It's just the opposite uh, of what happened. On Pentecost, there were many languages, but they heard it in one voice. In the Old Testament, in the Tower of Babel, people all spoke in one voice and then were divided in many languages. Just the opposite. And of course, our world is still divided by language today, so whether you're French or Spanish or or English, or German, or Russian, or any of the other languages, the whole world has heard the truth. Jesus is Lord. And so our theme, Pentecost, the language of salvation. Let's go back in history. Uh, Noah was 650 years old when it flooded, the worldwide flood. And what most people don't think about or, or talk about too much is that Noah lived another 350 years. 350 years. So if you're 90 years old, you're still a youngster, right? Um, you're still a young kid. And for 350 more years after being 650, he continued to teach the people. He taught 10 different generations of people about the wrath of God, the judgment of God, but he also told them about the salvation of God and how he told his story, how God saved him through the waters, he and his family. Did the people listen to Noah? No, they did for a while, but sinful people do what sinful people do. And sure enough, they turned away from God. Sinful people do that. They turn away from the Lord. They turn away from His ways. Well, they listen for a while, but soon they established their own belief system. Soon they wanted to do what they wanted to do, believe what they wanted to believe. They developed their own gods, gods to their own liking. Many years later, you know what happened? The people got together. In one, in one act of solidarity, they decided they knew better. They were better than God, bigger than God, wiser than God, smarter than God. And they said, come, let's build ourselves a city and a tower with its top to the heavens, and let's make a name for ourselves. And the people, in solidarity, set themselves against God. They set themselves against God's word. It was a familiar scene, one you should recognize. It's happening today. People holding their arms in solidarity in our generation. In spiritual ignorance, they say, let us make a name for ourselves. But what do people do? when they oppose God. What do people do? Not only do they rebel against God, they rebel against all of His ways. They change marriage. They change sexuality. 
They build walls of unbelief. They construct towers that are built upon the lies of the devil. They build towers of darkness, not towers of light. And these, they build towers that rise up. Towers that challenge the authority of God. And they build a city unto themselves. In fact, they are a city unto themselves. And they deem themselves indestructible. They deem themselves invincible. And make no mistake about it. The Lord sees. The Lord sees their foolishness. God saw the foolishness of the people of Genesis 11. And He came down to destroy their building project. He came down to destroy their self-pride, their conceit, their self-reliance, and their self-confidence. And He could have used firebolts to destroy the whole tower and turn it to ashes, but He didn't. Instead, He chose to confuse it all by language. That's where all the languages came from. They all spoke one language, one common language. And then all of a sudden, they're speaking in different tongues. The result? Confusion. And the people scattered like scared and frightened rats. The construction of the rebellion came to a screeching halt. These people tried to make a world without God. A world that excluded Jesus. Does that sound familiar to you? It should. Because that's exactly what's happening today. They are living lives. They live lives as if they had the right to replace God. A right to replace His rules. A right to replace His authority. They didn't have the right back then. They don't have the right today. And God won't have any of it. You rebel against God, rebel against His ways, there are repercussions. Listen, there's nothing wrong with building a tower. We have towers that reach to the heavens much taller than the the Tower of Babel they built back in their day. There's nothing wrong with wanting to move to a new land. There's nothing wrong with wanting a better life or a better job. Nothing wrong with building a new house. Nothing wrong with starting a new business. What is wrong is if we, is if we do all that without the Lord. It's always wrong if you do it without the Lord. Every single time, Psalm 121 reminds us, begins with these words, Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Are you building your house in the Lord? Jesus says in Matthew 6, Seek first, his, the, first, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. But ultimately today, people aren't seeking God. Ultimately today, people aren't seeking the righteousness of Christ. They aren't seeking Christ at all. They don't want God in their lives. Instead, they're choosing to build a tower of unbelief. A fortress that stands against God. 
They labor in vain, like the foolish people that built the Tower of Babel. They said, come, let us make bricks and let us mix them thoroughly. They knew how to plan the work, and they knew how to work the plan. And it helped that they all spoke in one voice. A common people. Humanity united. Nothing was lost in translation. They had a purpose. The world united. It's kind of the way the world is again today. You know, with the internet, the world's united. Oh, we speak different languages, but all of a sudden, there's a common goal. There's a common purpose. The world is one again. The world is united. It's a common place. Language doesn't divide us as it once did. There is one voice and one purpose. And what's the purpose? Get rid of God. That's the worldwide voice. Their purpose is to replace God with the power of humanity. It's the same sin. It's the same foolishness. Can you imagine how it's all going to turn out? What happens when people build, try to build a house without the Lord? The Los Angeles Zoo once displayed a threatening cage. And on the top of the cage were the words, the most dangerous creature on earth. The onlookers the, the, were protected from this most dangerous animal with thick panes of glass. The ferocious beast. What was it that lurked within? Well, it stood on two legs. In fact, there were two of them, a male and a female. And the creatures were dressed like us in human clothes. In fact, they were us. Don't you see, one person can do a lot of damage. But two people in collaboration, when they conspire together, the evil multiplies exponentially. You know, kind of think of Hitler's Germany. Man's inhumanity becomes carefully orchestrated. And the inhumanity of man is why we have the inhumanity of abortion. Abortion is the common voice of the people. This is what we want. A people no longer wanting to listen to the voice of God. It's not uncommon to see families and communities in our day locking hands, joining arms in solidarity. And what do they want? We see protests. What do they want? They want the Lord out of their lives. So they protest. They protest against the right to life. We're going to see more of that if Roe versus Wade is turned over, right? There is a protest to the right to sexuality. Protesting in the streets. Protesting against God's word forever. It's a cooperative 
collaborative effort, a worldwide rebellion. Do you get it? These people don't want God meddling in their lives. They don't want God at all. They don't want Jesus. They don't want salvation. They want to live in the filth of their sin. They want to live like pagans. Satan is alive. Satan is well on planet Earth. And he conspires to unite people to build houses together, houses that are away from God, away from the Lord, just as did the people who lived in the, land, in the plain of Shinar who built the Tower of Babel. You know, Paul describes the most dangerous creature on earth. For although they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God nor gave thanks to Him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. God calls them fools. Idiots. Fools they are to think that they can stand against the Lord. Fools they are. They couldn't stand up against the Lord back then. They're not going to be able to stand up against the Lord today. In the end, unbelievers lose. God wins. There are repercussions. And there will be a day of judgment. A day when God comes again. And God will come down. He will come to judge the living and the dead. And there will be one language. The language of unbelief will be destroyed. Don't you get it? In the end, everybody will speak one language. Everyone believes. In the end, everybody believes. Paul says it this way. God has highly exalted Christ and bestowed on Him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of God the Father. The language of unbelief will be destroyed. There will be one voice of salvation. There will be one message, there will be one truth, and everyone will understand. Everyone. And they will all believe. But some will believe in hell. Others will believe in heaven. Because we have trusted in God's plan while we were still living here on this earth. There will be blessing or there will be judgment. Jesus judged the people on the plain of Shinar. He judged their unbelief. He judged their rebellion. The people who built the Tower of Babel wanted things their way. The Lord would have none of it. So the Lord came down to see their city, the tower that the men were building. And the Lord certainly knew what they were doing. The Lord came down to see. The Lord knows. The Lord always knows. He sees the evil pride that lurks within the heart of people. Psalm 139 says, O Lord, you've searched me, you know me, you know when I sit down, when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from afar. God sees every brick that is laid. God sees every meal that is eaten. 
God sees every keystroke of your computer. He sees every text on your cell phone. He sees our thoughts. God knows. God always knows. And yet, people foolishly think God does not see what they're doing. Martin Luther, I like the way he said it, while the sinner is engaged in sinning and is engrossed by his sin, he does not see God. He does not speak of Him. and He's not aware of Him. For the sinner assumes that God does not see and is not aware of what he's doing. God always knows. But God has a plan. He has a plan for people. He has a plan for those who love to wander. God sent His Son. And God will not leave people to their foolish ways. He came down. The incarnation. He took on human flesh. And in the love and the mercy, God comes down to redeem, to purchase, to buy the people back from sin and death. And so we come full circle to Pentecost. What happened at Pentecost? The people heard God's plan. And they heard God's plan in one voice. The voice of God. Speaking to the world with many different tongues. The plan of salvation. The wickedness of Babylon is reversed. The wickedness of the Tower of Babel is reversed. Pentecost is the language of salvation for the people. On Pentecost, the people heard Peter. They heard the other disciples speaking to them in their own language. The wonder about the wonders of God, about the miracle of Christ's birth, about the suffering and death of Jesus, how He died for our sins, and the miracle of His resurrection, how He rose again to conquer sin and death. And the Holy Spirit then convicted their hearts of those who had built towers of unbelief. And the unbelieving people cried out to each other, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter told them, Repent. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. God comes so that the people might repent, so that they might turn back. And God sent confusion of language to the people so that they might turn to Him and live. I want you to know this. God may come in judgment, yes, but He always comes in love and salvation and mercy and grace to save that which is lost and to seek them out. Listen, we're in the last days. The Holy Spirit hasn't changed. He's still destroying the towers of unbelief that reside in the ideologies, the fragile, broken ideologies of men, and He replaces such foolishness with Jesus. And the truth, Jesus is your tower of strength. Jesus is a tower of our salvation. Now we're going to learn more about Jesus and His tower of strength and salvation next week. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.